Okay. Anyway, I'm going to just share a little bit, little bit, you know, that God has put on my my heart. And and it's also about the shepherd too, shepherding and and what the shepherd has for each of us. And this is what makes it so very necessary. Uh, because we do good when we're near him. The only time we do good is when we're near him, right? And he uses our need, needs that we can't meet ourselves. He uses those needs to draw us to himself because if, we, if he didn't even make us aware, and sometimes it's like you said, Matt, we're not even aware of it. We have an ignorance in the sense of uh, not rebellion or stubbornness. We just don't know yet. You know, we don't know. But one thing that's a, that's a beautiful thing, and Johnny was sharing that too, is as Isaiah 30, verse 18, he's waiting to be gracious. And what that means is, is that God has, he, he waits for our will to meet his will, Christ. Where he, where, and where does his love flow? Where does God's love flow? It's the only place it can flow is through grace. It can't, because no one would have even been apart from God who was love. When you think about it, no one chose to be. You know, he chose us. So, but in the sense of having a shepherd, and in and, and the shepherd uh, verses, John 10, 11, and 14, where it says, he, Jesus says, I am. He's talking the I am. He's going way back. And he's going into eternity with those thoughts. And he even spoke to Moses. When Moses was asking him those two questions. And the two questions, and it's, it's kind of interesting. It's what makes it necessary for us foundationally to know the nature, character, and essence of God. Because his first thought, his very first thought was, was, was? Was that the? No, okay. But his very first thought when, when God appeared to him, when, and usually we can recognize God when he shows up, because it is he and his, we know his anticipative love. And that's what Jesus was saying in John 13, 19 and 14, 29. He said, I tell you these things before they come to pass. That when they come to pass, you might believe or depend on them. That's what it means to believe. To believe it just means to completely depend upon him for everything. And so when he appeared to Moses, when, when did he appear to him? When basically... He had given up on himself. And it took a whole process. It took 80 years for him to finally come to a place of self-helplessness and self-hopelessness. He just give up on himself. And that's when God appeared to him. And the first question he asked was based upon his thoughts. Who am I? And that's the accusation of the enemy. Who, do, who are you? Who do you? Who are you to believe or that God would love you? <laughs> Who are you? And that's what he, he appeared to Moses and he said, and, and when he did, first thing that, that Moses said to God is, Who am I? That was his first thing he said, Who am I? You ever ask God that? Who am I? What am I all about? Why am I here? Why am I doing this thing? Who am I? The second thing that he asked, the second thing that God asked, that's not that. The second thing that he asked is communication. Oh, he's cute. 
The second thing that he asked is, who are you? And what, the way that he did that, and this is the way I believe that God counsels. I know how he counsels me. I don't even call it studying anymore. Like, I'm studying, you know. No, God's counseling me. <laughs> then if it comes out, fine. If not, well, good. <laughs> Hopefully it's just him. But when God told him that he was going to send him, he said, well, okay, well, if I go, I got to tell him who you are. Who are you? And that's the second thing we ask. We ask these two things. Who am I? What am I all about? Okay. You want me to do this thing and all that? And so sometimes we ask. We have these things in us. And he answers us even before we ask. That's his pervenient grace, by the way. That's pervenient grace simply means that my will has not caught up with it yet, with his will. <laughs> that's pervenient. It's pre, before. Grace we get before. And that's why John 1 and verse 16 says that he gives us grace upon grace. Grace upon grace there is the Greek word anti, A-N-T-I, and it literally means heaped up. <laughs> God has grace for us, heaped up upon heaped up that we can't even measure. So by him asking that, and I, I see it, I see it every morning. This is my counseling chair. And, and every morning he, he's counseling me. And then with that counsel, I realize, oh, that's what I was asking. I wasn't even aware of it. That's his anticipative love. Well, when did that start? Well, how long's God been? There's never been a time he hasn't. That's what makes God who he is. So when Moses asked that, basically he was asking it for himself first. It has to be that way. It has to be that way. And then the answer to both of those, who am I and who are you, is as I am with you. <laughs> Amazing. And when you look at the word with there, and we have to look at it in the whole preponderance of all the scriptures, we go back to what we would think is the old, so-called so oldest verse in the Bible is John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the word. And the word with, and that word with there, that's what he was answering. I am with you in Exodus 3 and verse 14. The word with, in John 1 and verse 1 is the Greek word pros, P-R-O-S. And it means an affectionate, eternal embrace of love that nothing can disturb or distract. <laughs> that's what he asked for. And that's why he has to winnow our path. He's separating the shaft, all the, the noise from the pit. You know, when, when that was Psalm in Psalm 40, verses 1 and 2, when that was was written, obviously it was written in the spirit of Christ. That is literally his, that was his cry on Calvary. To deliver me from, from the, the pit of noise, and he did. The answer, the answer to his cry, and, and we know it in, in type in Psalm 22 and verse 1, and in Matthew 27 and verse 46, when he cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because his whole life and his, and his, impeccable human life. He had a human nature, never a sin nature. He was never tempted like we are, ever, never needed to be. He never needed a yoke. We do. 
the whole time that's when he when he cried that out because he relied on his father and the Holy Spirit. We see that. And as as and he can hear. Well, we won't, I don't even want to go into that right now. But that's what he said to Moses. I am with you. And that word with is this love that he has for us. But he has to separate. And what and the separating winnowing process is Hebrews 4:12. The word of the Lord. And who's the word? It's Christ. The word of the Lord is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of what? The soul. Self-conscious thought life apart from God. That's the shaft. <laughs> that's, where, that's where the enemy wants us to know ourselves, after ourselves, and then in that to know others. To know others. But God gave Moses those answers, but he had to give it to him. Finally, finally had to give it to him. So there's hope for me at 71, going on 72. There's hope for me because he was 80 years old. And the thing that, the, there's two things I think the enemy, and this is why we need a shepherd, by the way. We need a shepherd because there's, there's two things that the, the, the enemy lies to us about that we have more time than we actually do on certain things, right? And that in some way, in these subtle ways, that somehow God is not for me. He's not for me, you know? And that's why we need a shepherd. Because, again, as sheep, you know, those four things that sheep can't do, we use it as an example. You see it in Psalm, the 95th Psalm. And you can see it in those first seven, eight verses there. But the reality is sheep can't do four things. They can't clean themselves, protect themselves, guide themselves, and feed themselves. We can't do it. We can't do any of those things. We need this, we need this continuous process of God, of, of God shepherding us. And the thing that I loved about it, and I'm going to close with this, the thing that I love about that is the place that he does that now is the local assembly. That's where he does it. And we all, that's why the head of that local assembly, which is just a part of the whole body of Christ that you can't separate. In other words, you can't leave the body of Christ. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. You can't leave the body of Christ. You can leave a local assembly but where it's being taught or maybe not, but you cannot leave the body of Christ. You can't do that. But that's the place, that is the very place where God shepherds us. And the way that he does that is we, that's why the head of that local assembly is not the pastor. Those sheep are not the pastors. They're not his flock. Jesus said it. They are my flock in John 10 and verse 16. And there was a difference that he was bringing out. We won't go into it this morning between a fold, which was the Jewish fold that had rejected him. And so now he's leading them out into this new thing called Christianity, bringing us into Christ. That's what those scriptures literally bring out in the original. But that place, that, that's why Christ is the authority. He's the covering. I don't know if you've ever heard the pastors the covering, but if, if, if Christ, the covering, is operating in him, because what covers in Proverbs 10, 12, and 1 Peter 4, 8, it's love, and who is love? That's God. So he flows through an under-shepherd who submitted to the head, and that's Ephesians 4.8. God can give us. He can give the man himself, and that's Ephesians 4.8. It's not necessarily 
the gifts that the man has in, in Ephesians 4, verse 11. It's the man himself that's a gift, and what makes it that way is he's attached to the head. He's submitted. Now the gift can flow. And this is what the thought that I had and what I love, and it's what you were bringing out so very beautifully, is that when we have a shepherd, Christ is our shepherd, and I thought of these verses like I've never thought on them before, and I don't, this is not, and to know Proverbs 27 and verse 10, but not to know it in, in, in any accusatory or condemn, any condemning thoughts at all, is to understand when my father and mother forsake me, and that can be in ignorance, it can be stubbornness, it can be rebellion on their part, but once we're in Christ, who's to blame? Nobody's to blame. No one, no one is to blame. We're out of that fallen state in Genesis, the third chapter. You can see it, the blame game all through that, you know, all through it. But the fact of the matter is, that's what he gives us in the body of Christ. He gives us the gifts of people, joints that supply in Ephesians 4.16. And the supply can be those that father us that he knew in his, his anticipative and love and prevenient grace. He knew that we missed, but did he miss it? And does he have it for us? And he has it in a local assembly to father us to father us, and even to mother us. And I've said this before, too, like uh, two women right now, uh, really, that, that are here right now and that have been had a great effect in a motherly way towards me, and I mean this, is, is my wife, Jean, and Barbara. And to fill areas that maybe I so wanted as a child and didn't have. And as, as a father, having a father, wanting deeply a, a father, you know, a, a mentor, father, loving father, one who would not tie his love to my performance, that even when I would fail, he would still love me, but lovingly correct me. He's done that for all of us. He's done that for all of us in, in measure. And that's what he has done with bringing us into the body of Christ. That's what he's done by bringing us in, into the body. And then there's the place where we submit. There, literally, there's no other place of submission because it has to be God's order. And, and, and listen, the pastor's not the order. Make <laughs> that clear. He's not the authority. He himself is not the covering, but we can't cover each other when we submit to God through love, through his love, and then his grace flows, and out of that comes the truth of who he is in his nature, character, and essence. And so in this sense, in, in this sense, in, in, because in the body of Christ, in 1 John 2, 12 to 14, there are babes as a young. I, I didn't understand it. I remember things at, you know, really young age, sometimes, you know, like four and five years old, I just remember things. And I just remember things like, why is this happening to me? I don't understand this, you know. I don't understand why this is happening. And, and then fear, you know, fear and then rejection and, and, you know. And then you have all the tears as a child, you know. Uh, you know, tears. And tears, even for a child, even for a babe, tears are a language that goes beyond words. And we've, we've been taught this and the Bible teaches us. 
when we when we understand it that tears are a chemical makeup and they have an expression that goes beyond words and that's why it says in psalm 56 and verse 8 he bottles all my tears and what he's saying by that is he's going to meet them he bottles them he doesn't forget what what we missed and others forgot he does not this is the place of the local assembly for us really it is and that's why Again, you know, and that's why the psalmist said, when I cry unto God, in Psalm 56 and verse 9, and when my enemies come against me, you know, when my enemies come against me, I cry unto God. For this I know, that God is for me. And that, of course, we know, and that's his love for us. And that's why it says in Isaiah 25 and verse 8, and in Revelation 7 and verse 17 and 21 and verse 4, he wipes away all our tears. And what that goes into is not only what he's doing for us in time in a local assembly, it's joints that supply, but all, and then it's babes. Remember in 1 John 2, 12, 14, it's babes. I need a shepherd. Young man, young men and women, do I need a shepherd? Yeah. Spiritual fathers? Yeah, why? Because we're all in, in Galatians three and verse twenty six. We're all his technia, little 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 kids, little children, and he's going to shepherd us for all eternity. By the way, and I and this is the second closing, so I'll just make it the third one. So in John ten, <laughs> verses eleven and fourteen, he's the good shepherd. There's nothing but good in him. That's number one. Two in Hebrews thirteen twenty, he's the great shepherd. And in 1 Peter 5 and verse 4, he's the chief shepherd. He's, he's the best. And what that goes into is Revelations 2 and verse 17, where it says that he gives us, he feeds us hidden manna. Gonna, we're going to feed with him not only what we thought we missed in time, but for all eternity. Indiv that's individual fellowship with him. So the basis of our whole fellowship together with the body of Christ, the church in heaven, the basis of that, the foundation of it, is each and every single individual person's fellowship, intimate fellowship with Christ. Because that's what it's based on. And so who is Jesus then when we see him in 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 12, face to face? That means, oh boy, <laughs> I like this one. No more flesh. <laughs> no more distraction. No more disturbance. No more bad, evil thinking. And it won't have a place in me. The former things have passed away. First Corinthians 13, 12. Then we're with him. We're with him. And then we feed on hidden manna. That's exact, that is the life that he gave us. To feed not only him as the food in John 6, 30 through 57. He's the food, the manna that came down. But not only to feed on, give himself to feed on it with, but for us to feed together. Because he's given us the life to do it. And that's Revelation 2, 17. So he's given us this hidden manna and a white stone. The white stone is a diamond. It's the white as we've been taught. It's not this white. Never mind those pen marks on there. But it's, it's not that. It's a diamond 
And what is a diamond without light? You don't see its beauty. That's what that's going into. Every cut, every pain, everything we ever went through is forming that diamond in Revelation 2 and 17. It says he ascribes on it a name, and that goes into character, and you see that in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Jesus himself is the very character etched. He's the very character of, of God himself. And he, that's what he's given to us. That's 1 John 1, 7. We walk in the light as he is in the light. That's not teaching behavior. That's teaching character. And this is our true character. And that's what he says. He gives us white stone and inscribes a name. And the name is descriptive of character. <laughs> the person and their character in their own individuality. That's what that brings out. And then what it says is that only he who gives it and that one that receives it knows the fullness of it. That's our intense fellowship. That's what that goes into. And this is everything. And it's what you both were saying. And I was like, ah, oh, I was getting these thoughts. I just was taking it in, you know. Joints that supply. Literally. And, and just listening. And God then taking that and forming these things, these thoughts. Uh, like only the Holy Spirit. That's why, you know. When I say we, I say I was taught by God. That God himself is the only theologian and scholar. If you look those words up in the Greek language or in the 1828 dictionary, you'll know that's God and him alone. No man can take that title. They do, but like men take the title in Matthew 23 and verse 9 of Father. <laughs> Call no man Father while you're on the earth. And then 23.10, nor Master. Because you only have one, and that's Christ. And, uh, but that's what that goes into. So you have this intensity of fellowship, and that's what it's preparing us for. Trials are preparing us. And, and that's why in Romans 8, 18, it says, I reckon, and it's the Greek word, legizomai, I reckon it. And, the, and what the Holy Spirit is saying through the Apostle Paul, through the word to us, is I want you, even as far as you are as a babe, a young man, a spiritual dad, keep reckoning. That everything that you suffer and go through, through is not even worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed in you, on you, and all around you. That's what the original said. That goes into Romans 8, 18, goes into Revelations 2 and verse 17. And the trial, the trial in 1 Peter 1, 7 is more precious than what? What's, what, what do we think of it that we can put our mind to? It's like, it's gold. Gold is, yeah, more precious than gold. More precious than, uh, than gold. And that's what makes a diamond. A diamond, you find diamonds in, deep, deep in the earth. And what forms a diamond and makes it that, even in its crude, rough state, is heat and pressure. And that's everything that we go through in life. But it's preparing us for our face-to-face -face meeting with Christ. And this is the preparation is the local assembly. And all we mean by local assembly is, and guess who's still the shepherd? <laughs> and the local assembly, we call it a local assembly because the whole body, there's a whole mass of body that are presently right now with the Lord. And there's a whole ma mass of all over the world. And we all can't meet in one place. But, and I think you said it too, I think it was in your prayer, what you preached. 
where two or three, or it was this one, one of you guys, where two or three are gathered together in my name, that's his nature, character, and essence, there am I in the midst. In Matthew 18, 20. And that's what he's forming in us. That's what he's forming in us. And that's why he winnows the path, separates the soul, self-conscious thinking from the spirit. So Lord, we thank you for your precious word this morning. We, we thank you that, uh, and not again, I don't have to look at my own mother and father and think in terms of condemnation or accusation. When they forsake me, whether it was through ignorance, something they never had, or it was rebellion or stubbornness or sin or failure, it doesn't matter. You'll take me up. You take me up. And you're doing that right now. You're redeeming the time as, in our, in, as babes, as young men and women, and as spiritual dads. And you're doing that so faithfully in the body. And I, and I do, as Matt was saying, I do thank you for each joint, each particular member in 1 Corinthians 12, 27. That makes up the beauty, the, uh, the mosaic of your, your face, your very face in a local assembly. And we just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.